you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew 2nd chapter. We'll be looking at verses 1 to 12 in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. I'll be reading from the King James Version. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, starting here at verse 1, God's word reads, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. And are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of these shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And we have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, They saw the young child with Mary and his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasure, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. I'm going to label this message moving freely in my life moving freely in my life we see here that oftentimes in traveling you will pack and carry things you desire to have with you when you reach your destination if you're going on a trip you try to find what the weather is going to be so you can pack accordingly. If you're going to go to the Bahamas, you're not going to pack a winter coat. If you're going to go to Alaska, you're not going to bring a whole trunk full of swimsuits. You pack accordingly to get there. And so you try to limit the things. Now you know that you can only take like three ounces 
of the stuff you need. So therefore, you make sure you have enough room so you can take your shampoo and your lotions. Or you make sure you have enough money so you can buy those things. When you get there, you pack accordingly. Because some of us, like me, I don't like checking my luggage anymore. Had bad experiences that my luggage would be late and delayed and I would be in the Hampton at school with only the same clothes I r- arrived in and, and have nothing else to wear. You poor as a college student as it is, so I couldn't buy anything else to change in, and let alone that I have money to do laundry. Hello. So, had to make do some way, somehow. And so I try to make sure I can take my carry-on, so I try to limit to the essentials so I don't have something holding me back. In our lives, we sometimes carry stuff that holds us back, that stops us from getting to our destination. And so we're not able to freely move, but we're hindered and blocked and, and, and left up in things that's stopping us to get where we want to be. In this text, we find a man, Herod. Now, Herod is not his name, but it's a surname, and so you'll see Herod mentioned a lot of times in the Bible. This Herod is Herod the Great, or the king of the Jews. This Herod was not rightfully the king, but he was placed in power by force and by the Roman government. And since he's not coming from that line, and he's not fully recognized as a Jew because he comes from the Edom, from that clan, and and the Jews didn't really like them, and so that's their brothers anyway, but they didn't really like them, and so he's not really accepted as king. And so this man, Herod the Great, the king of the Jews, has some issues in his life. He has some things that stopped him from actually being a great king. He had an issue of jealousy. Jealousy was stopping him from being all that he could be. Many of us might wrestle with jealousy. What does jealousy look like? Well, jealousy looks like this, that when somebody else succeeds, you wish they didn't. And sometimes it's settled. My family and I, we were playing the we. And we were playing bowling and golf. Now, think about it. We're going against each other, but if we're playing by ourselves, we'll be cheering each other on. Go ahead. Do it, but when I'm playing against you. I don't want you to succeed. But yet, when you do succeed, we did congratulate one another and say, good job. Why? Because we didn't want that jealousy to overrun us. You see, oftentimes, we allow jealousy to overrun that we won't tell somebody they did a good job because we're mad at them. We won't encourage them because we don't want them to think that they're better than us. But say when we allow jealousy to hold you back, it stops you from freely enjoying the game. So you'll pout when you lose and you dance when you win, but nobody's dancing with you. But when you dance with them when they win, they dance with you when you win. When you mourn with them when they lose, they mourn with you when you lose. You see here, we allow things to stop us from fully accomplishing because we're trying to see how I can please myself. We find here Herod seeking how he could please himself and keep his rule. Do you know how bad of a man Herod was? He had about ten wives, had plenty of kids. But when he got suspicious, thinking somebody tried to take his rule, he killed his wife. Now, one of these wives out of the ten is the one that he seemed to love the most. 
But he killed her because he killed her family and killed her. But his two sons were the elders, but he loved them. He sent them to Rome, but yet he had a sister that wanted to speak some things to those children and get them to say, well, you know he killed your mama, right? And, and so then she goes to the king and said, them kids upset you killed their mama. They might try to kill you. Playing against each other. And so with this great suspicion, guess what he did with those two sons? He killed them. When you are jealous, you become insecure. When you're insecure, you are constantly trying to please people. Why? Because you want them to like you. You want them to so make you feel better about yourself. So you constantly ask them, am I doing all right? Am I doing okay? You, you want them to be pleased when you're jealous, you're insecure. And not even that, he was insecure because he's not rightfully the king. See, when you don't have security, you're not secure. And that thing can, that jealousy and that insecurity can turn to paranoia. And you look up the definition of paranoia, it's called, they have no one that says unwarranted jealousy. <laughs> means you're jealous when you don't want to. You just start not liking folk because they're just successful. You're like, man, that, that's nothing. You know, I, you remember those little kids that will always make up a story about what their daddy had when somebody had something new? They would come home and say, hey, my dad got a, oh, my dad got a Porsche. You know, just trying to better somebody else. Just, I don't want you to be successful. So I got to make sure I'm successful. I got to make sure I look good because I'm insecure about what I don't have. So I'll lie about what I do have. But yet, you see these wise men who are living freely, who their public life will resemble, will resemble their private life. Look here, it says that the, the whole place knew about who they were looking for. Does everybody know who you're looking for? Who you follow? Who you are looking to worship? Do people know where you are on Sunday? They ask you how your weekend was. You don't talk about Sunday. Oh, on Saturday. But yet the wise men saying, I am looking for the new king that was born. In Judea, Bethlehem, and, and we want to worship him. I, I believe that's what it says. Let's look in the text. Says, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are what come to worship him. You see, they made their intentions known publicly of who they were looking to worship. You see, when you are not bound of jealousy and pride, you don't care who you're about to bow down in front of. Some of us can't even bow down to our superiors, to our mothers and fathers, to our husbands and our wives. We can't let them have rule over us or dominion over us because we got to make sure they know who we are. But think about it. You don't want to be around anybody that always reminds you who they are. Obviously, you know who they are. That's why you're with them. But they want to let you know. Do you know who I am? I have all this power. I can do this. I can do that. The wise men, these great men. Now, now 
we have Christian lore and, and tradition. We call them three kings, but yet we can't find them to be kings, but they call them magi, that these men are oftentimes meant to be magic men in the east because of their dealing with medicine and in healing, but yet also these men were men that studied the stars, and obviously they were doing some history about Judaism because they're looking for that newborn king of the Jews. And as we find that Herod, he says, wait a minute. Somebody's threatening me again. There's some, they call somebody else a king in my kingdom. I already killed my sons and my wife. I'll kill you too if I find out who this is. But yet the wise men, they weren't scared of going to find this newborn king. Matter of fact, they were excited and their intent was in worshiping. Oftentimes in life, people may try to stop you from worshiping God. They will tell you when you can pray. They tell you, I don't want to hear about Jesus. Or they'll talk about Jesus is not real. Well, that's the opportunity. That's the time for you to stand up and say, he's real to me. Because I know he's the author and the finisher of my faith. I know that he hung on Calvary and died for me. And guess what? He did not stay in that grave. But early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. But I want you to know, that's not where the story ends. He's coming back again with all power and glory. So if you don't know now, you'll know soon. Because my Bible says that every knee shall bow. Do I have a witness here? So you can let them know. I don't care what you have to say. But I know who he is to me. So I will rejoice. Every day I have breath in my lung because Jesus said he can make the rocks cry out, but no rock is going to cry out for me because he died for me. You see here, when you know who he is, it won't stop you from fully worshiping him. But Herod had no idea who he was. Because Herod, if he knew, he wouldn't be scared of a king that comes to bring peace comes to bring joy. But when you're insecure and when you feel threatened, you don't want to try to find out. You try to eliminate. You know people that are so insecure, how they sabotage relationships because they're insecure. There's a secret that they're hiding and they don't want you to find out that secret in the relationship. So when you get close, they push you away. And you think everything's good, but there's something in them that's holding them back. You see, we think that nobody knows anything about us, but the problem is people already know your problem. You just refuse to acknowledge it. I had a problem with my own kind of jealousy and pride. I would hate to see my brothers and sisters bring home A's because I didn't bring home A's. I will see their papers up on the refrigerator. Honor roll. Every grading period. Sam, star for good attendance. I showed up. I remember the one time I did make the honor roll. That I made sure that, that blue ribbon stood on that refrigerator for the rest of the school year. I only made the honor roll one time. In third grade. That's why I remember it. You see here, I, 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 so when they did great in grades, I figured, well, can't nobody be a better athlete than me. So I'll be mad at them when they beat me in races. So I kept on working at it. I, I worked hard on my athletics, better than I did on my academics, because I, I just wanted to be better than my siblings and something. 
when we allow our drive to be better than somebody else, it'll make us blind to what's really good in our lives. If I realized I wasn't in competition with my brothers and sisters, I would have excelled so much better in the academics. My mother and my father never made a competition out of it. I made a competition out of it. That was my characteristic. I'm a competitive person, and I still am a competitive person. See me on the court. I'll show you. I still am a competitive person. But yet I realized that it's not all about me. It took some beatings. It took some times. It took some losses. But I finally found out that it's not about me. And when I realized that it wasn't all about me, and I included people in my life, and I let them know my faults, then I realized that it can't be about me. Because when you let people in, they want to be a part of you. And they make you feel special as you make them feel special. But yet, when you are so insecure, you have vices and jealousy that is holding you back. You have luggage that you can't check, but you're trying to bring it on the airplane anyway. It's just going to slow you up from getting where you want to be. So the wise men here knew where they were going and knew what they were bringing and knew their purpose. They weren't insecure. They were secure on what they were doing. But yet King Herod, we find here that he's starting to hear some rumors and it troubled him. And when you're jealous and you're prideful, it'll trouble you when somebody's about to take your position. You know how that is when that new person shows up at the job? And you think how long it's going to be they take my position next? When you're on your way out, King Herod, he's on his way out, y'all. This man is old now. He has mental problems and issues here. Because you can find out later on the text, he passes away. His time is running out. And he's trying to still secure his kingdom when his time is running out. He wrote five wheels, y'all, because he didn't like his brothers and, and, and sons so much that he kept on changing up his wheel because he didn't want the person he thought was trying to kill him to become the next king. So he rearranged his wheel that many times. It had to be ratified by the governor. You could see a man that's full of jealousy and pride. So look at verse 3. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. Yep. And all Jerusalem with him. I, I could see why Jerusalem was troubled, too, because what are you going to do to them, right? And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. So he's trying to find out who is this Christ, where is this Christ going to be born, is what I heard true. So he had to do some research. He got all, it says all there, right? All of the priests and the scribes, he wanted to make sure, everybody, give me the answer, give me the truth. And what did he find out? And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come the go- a governor that shall rule my people, Israel. Now, you, you can see how that troubled him even more. I'm about to be replaced by a child that's not my child. I have no control over that. See, oftentimes we have vices in our lives. You know, whatever your vice may be, whether it be anger, whether it may be jealousy, maybe maybe pride or greed. And, and you're, what it is, it's a, a selfish own place or you're trying to feed your own selfish need. And Herod here would like anybody out of his family to become king because why? That's his name continuing on. But yet he's getting troubled here finding out there's a king that's been born, not where you live, somewhere else, and you are not that king. And guess what? He will rule Israel. So Herod, 
Check this out. Then here, when he had private, called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may worship him. He says this privately. His public persona and his private persona do not match up, do they? Privately, he wants to find out about the Christ. Publicly, he's dismayed and trying to find out what's going on. And so he does not want anybody else to know about his inclination, about him trying to discover, find out who Christ is. Has that ever came up to you before that you know Christ publicly but come to be private with some people? You, you, you want to show up and show out and so, say, no, I, I don't go to church. But probably I go home and I pray and I read my Bible. But out in the public, I act like I don't go to church every Sunday. People tell me what I'm doing Wednesday night. Oh, I'm going to a meeting. I'm not going to Bible study. No, that's those Bible thumpers. Those those Jesus freaks. That's what they do. I'm just going to a meeting. We see here that he had a problem in his life. He He was insecure. He did not want people to know what he was doing. So he tried to cover it up. But yet the wise men made it known publicly and with the king. Look here, we are trying to find the newborn king. And guess what? We want to worship him. How do we know he told him that? The king said, Herod said too, tell me so I can what? Worship him. But yet his heart is not there. How often times that we allow our lips to move and our heart does not follow. And so we find here the wise men that publicly they want to worship him. And privately, they want to worship him. See, they were free to move. They moved through King Herod's kingdom. They moved to where they wanted to go, to following the star. And this star, now, God, with his great power, can make a star that moves. Astronomers will tell you that this is unheard of, a star to move and to guide and go before people. But yet, if God can lead the Israelites by cloud by day and fire by night, if he can make the Red Sea part and walk on dry land, if he can say, peace, be still, I think he can make a star move. So that wise men can come and worship his son. I I believe God will make those things kind of possible. So, yeah, this is a miracle. This is something phenomenal. This is something special. And the wise men, they got excited. Look at here in in verse 9. When they had heard the king, they departed. And, lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. They publicly made it known and privately showed it. They privately showed their worship. They bowed down. They opened up their treasures and gave. You see here, there's a lot of things we can pick up from here. That we cannot let anything stop us from following 
Jesus. They took a journey. They came from the east. They did not just go from, one, from across the street. They traveled a long way to search to find this, this newborn king. They wanted to find Jesus. And when they found Jesus, they didn't let anything stop them from worshiping a baby. You see that? A baby. A baby. It takes humility for a man to bow down before a baby. Some of us don't bow down when we pray. We don't see the need to. It takes humility to get down on your knees, no matter how you're dressed. You see here, we got to get beyond ourselves and say, Lord, because how great you are. I'm not going to allow my pride, my jealousy, my insecurities stop me from freely moving in my life. You see here, the wise men were able to move freely and come freely worship Jesus. They were not concerned who was looking at them or what they were going to say. They were concerned about their own personal relationship with this newborn king. You see here, don't look to your left, don't look to your right, but you need to be concerned about your personal relationship with Jesus. Don't get caught up what other people tell you to do or what they tell you to say, but look at the word of God or what it tells you to do. And what it tells you to say. And it will show you how you can move without having pride and jealousy. Because I believe the Bible talks about the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, long-suffering. Against those things, there is no law. It tells us how we can move freely when we allow the spirit of God guide us and direct us. And I'm glad that we can have the Holy Spirit all because of our confessing of Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. But there might be somebody here that's afraid of fully following Jesus. You're scared, maybe like King here, I'm going to have to give up. Something. Well, you're right. You will have to give up something. Jesus talks about how it costs to be his disciple. He says how you need to love him more than your mother, your husband, your wife, your children. He says here how you got to deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow him daily. He says that it was the kingdom of heaven is like this, a man that found a treasure in a field. And he hid it again, and he went and sold all that he had to buy that field. That man was willing to give up everything that he had in order to gain the treasure that was in that field and found out what he had was more. I want you to understand, when you're willing to give up for Jesus, you don't lose anything. You gain, because Jesus says, whoever loses his life for my sake will gain it. Whoever keeps his life for himself shall die. Are you living or are you dying? Because when you don't allow Jesus to be your bright and morning star, to be the author and the finisher of your faith, you're not going in the direction you would like to go. You're going the direction you want to go, but maybe where you do not, because I, I want you to understand, see, oftentimes we have plans for our lives. I know I have plans. I still have plans, but a lot of my plans have fallen short. But yet I realize how God was moving to fix Sam's plan. Because Sam's plans were not the right plans, but they look good on paper. Where are you in your life? You had your agendas. You, you thought you would be here at this time in your life. You thought you would have this. You thought this person would be here and, and evolve in your life. But yet through it all, stop looking at what people can do for you, but say, God, what can I do for you? 
Because here, when you see the wise men were not concerned really about Herod, but they were concerned about seeing this newborn king. And I want you to see there's a blessing when you follow after Jesus. Look at verse 12. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. That, that to me touched me because knowing Herod and his history. He might have tried to kill them men for not telling them if they caught him. But yet God warned them to go another way. You see here, when you are operating under Jesus Christ, God will take you in that right direction. He won't lead you in the wrong way, but yet he will open it up for you. You can freely move. Why? Because you got rid of those vices, those baggage, that luggage, those things that are holding you back because hate won't get you there. Jealousy won't get you there. Greed won't get you there. Your status at your job won't get you there. But only through Jesus, hallelujah, I wish I had some help this morning, he will get you there. You see, the wise men realized it wasn't about the gifts they brought, but it was God interceding on their behalf. I'm glad that God does not leave us by ourselves. Uh, I can be just like Job, even though I'm going through, I can say I know my redeemer lives. Uh, I'm glad just like Paul and Silas, I could be locked up in the Sale. But yeah, I could say this is the day the Lord has made. Let me rejoice and be glad in it. I could be sick laying in my bed. But yeah, I could say though I, I, though, though he slay me, yet yeah, I will trust him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see here, when you know who God is, you can freely move in life. You won't allow those things to stop you because you know why? With God for me, who can be against me? So what is stopping you from fully following Jesus? Or maybe you don't know Christ as your Lord and say, what has prevented you from following Jesus? Are you scared about what people are going to say about you? I want you to understand they already said it. And they'll keep on saying it about you. But yet I want you to know that there's somebody you want to talk on your behalf that when it's all over, He'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I want you to understand that other people will talk about you, but yet there's one that will say, you are welcome in my kingdom. Because in my father's house, there's rooms of many mansions. You see here, don't be concerned with what other people tell you, but listen to what Jesus has told you. I think, think you can maybe be like that thief on the cross saying, remember me. And Jesus will tell you this day, ha you'll be with me in paradise. Do I have a witness here that you know that no matter what you're going through, that Jesus can see you through. Ha. No matter the obstacles that come your way, God can direct you around that I'm glad there's, there's nobody too mighty than my God. I'm glad that he is Lord all by himself. You see, when I remove all those obstacles in my life, I'm no longer depending on what I can see because I walk by faith and not by
by sight. I'm glad that Jesus is in my life. Is he in your life? Do I have a witness here? Good day now, children. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you ought to testify that the Lord's been good to you. You ought to tell somebody, I'm free because Jesus died for me. I'm no longer a slave to greed, to money, to sex, to idolatry. But I'm free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm free. You too can be free. All the way. Who the Son says free is free indeed. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you want to have life and have it eternally? Well, the only way is through Jesus. And I want to tell you something else as I close. You got to die. But when you die of the flesh, you'll be born again in the spirit. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whomsoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting. Tell somebody everlasting life. Tell somebody everlasting life. Do you want to be free? Let go of your, bun- your, your luggage, your baggage, whatever is stopping you from following him. Let it go and surrender it all to Jesus and follow him and let him lead you and guide you. And you'll see no matter what comes your way, there's nothing too difficult for God. The wise men started out to meet Christ, and once they met Christ, God guided them back home. Do y'all see that? When you meet Christ, he will guide you back home. Jesus said, if you believe me, believe my father. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. You catch that? So when you meet Jesus, Jesus now said, you are able to come into my father's house. But yet you have to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and that you are a sinner and that he rose again on the third day, that he is God's son. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Right now, here's the opportunity you have not before. At the last day of the year, you can step into this new year and say, Jesus, you are my Savior. If you do not know him, you can come to know him right now. Jesus paid the price for you. And and by your faith, you shall be saved. The Bible says you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Every head bowed, every eyes come. I'm going to lead you in this prayer if that's you. If you do not know Jesus, I want to lead you in this prayer saying, Dear Lord Jesus, that's right. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin and that you rose again from the grave on the third day. And I know that I am a sinner. And I thank you for saving me. And I thank you for forgiving me. And I invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. Amen.